You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers. Happy Tuesday. Wow, December is almost halfway done, and that means that 2019 is well on the way. If you haven't heard yet, we are having a retreat in 2019, February 23rd and 24th. We are hosting a Tranquility by Hehe retreat. That's right. Everything that Tranquility by Hehe has to offer all wrapped into one weekend. I am so stoked to bring this to you. We are having people fly in. People are traveling. We are, oh my goodness, having it catered. The breakout sessions are killer. They are so good. I fear I won't be able to top it next year. What will I do if this one is so good that I can't top it? I don't even know, but you want to be involved in this. You want to be at this retreat. I will link in the show notes the sign up for the retreat. It is limited. There's only 12 bodies in each day, the 23rd and the 24th. You can purchase a two-day pass or one-day pass. The first day is for expectant parents, so we are going to be doing all the things to prep you for having your baby. And the second day is for mothers of all ages. The second day is for moms who have young children and want to learn how to put the balance back into motherhood. Come hang out with TBH and my team and this amazing lineup of speakers that we have coming to you in Boston. Again, the link is in the show notes. I literally am so excited. I've been dreaming this moment up for a year now. I have been working on it for a few months now and you have no idea how many people are behind the scenes making this possible. It is going to be absolutely mind-blowing. I'm so excited. So, whoo. I also have another big announcement coming tomorrow on Wednesday. So, check that out on social media. I won't announce it here. I might send it to my email list, but you should definitely be following me on Instagram if you want in on tomorrow's big announcement. But the bigger announcement is that we're having a TBH retreat and I want your booty there. I can't wait to see those bellies and to see those mamas and hug each and every one of you. 
I'm glad you're in my tribe. I want to hug your neck. I want to be here to support you in person, not just through the podcast or Instagram or our email list. Come hang out with me in person in Boston. It will be a weekend that you do not want to miss. All right. Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series. Last week in episode number 81, I chatted with Jessica Vandewire and we dove into all things mental health, mood disorders, motherhood, transitioning to parenthood, postpartum, all the things, and I couldn't get it into one episode, so I had to break it into two. So this is the second part of that. I introduced Jess in episode 81, and you can hear all about her and her walk with the postpartum mood disorders, as well as all of her credentials. They're in episode number 81. You're listening to episode number 83 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast, and this is the second half of my episode, my interview with Jessica Vanderweyer, who is a mental health counselor, mom, and wife. In the last episode, we had just finished up our discussion on what you can do in the moment to combat that anxiety. When anxiety, whether you are a mom, you are newly postpartum, you are expecting, you are trying to conceive, it doesn't matter if you're a human, we talk about what happens when anxiety sneaks out of nowhere and jumps onto your face and you have to have something in your back pocket to keep yourself calm and in control. Okay, so what can we do in the long term? Getting support, obviously, in place. So friends, family, talking to your partner if that's a choice. Um, You know, getting some mental health counseling. What else do you recommend? So this is where it all kind of comes full circle. So looking back at those preventative or those risk factors, when we look back at the risk factors, we're going to be looking at those same things when we're treating you. So in terms of treatment, we're going to be looking at those same factors that were a risk factor when we're treating an individual. So starting with the biological factors, getting a physical checkup, checking things like your thyroid to make sure that everything is working properly, and then looking at the social support. Uh, What social support do you have in your life? A lot of the times we see moms, and I totally get you if you're this mom who just thinks they have to do it all on their own. And I totally get you because I was that same mom who thought, "Hmm, I better do all of this on my own. I don't need anyone's help. And I'm an independent woman. But really, at this time where you just have a baby, you need to be in a season of receiving. You can be in a season of giving for your entire life, giving, giving, giving. But in that postpartum period, you are in the season of receiving. And if people are telling you that they are willing to help you and support you and give you sleep, you need to take that. You need to take that that sleep and that time and that help. We're also going to be looking at how are you sleeping because sleep in the research is shown to be a major risk factor for feelings of depression, feelings of anxiety. It can exasperate postpartum depression or anxiety. So getting you that sleep, that's where I love doulas and I love the work that they do because they can actually help you get a night of sleep. Um, or recruiting family members or friends so that you can have at least a four-hour chunk straight of sleep every day. That would be ideal. Um, 
And then we're going to also look at the psychological factors. And that's where therapy is going to come into play. As therapists, we can work with you to work through those intrusive thoughts, to work through those feelings of trying to figure out who you are now that you're a mom, which, you know, I think every new mom goes through that. So even if you're not struggling with a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder, you can still go to treatment and just start to feel like your best self as a mom. So getting treatment from a clinician who knows what they're doing, who understands perinatal mood and anxiety disorders is also going to be a key part in recovering and feeling like the best version of yourself postpartum. I love so much that you mentioned. I'll start off with the sleep. Um, When people ask me, you know, I have X amount of money and if I were to spend it on anything at all, what would you use it on? I always say sleep. Always. Even when the majority of my stuff is birth related, I even still say postpartum doula, having them at your house, getting sleep. So here's the thing. Having a doula at your birth will increase your likelihood that you can take control of the situation and that you get the birth that you have. At the end of the day, your baby's coming out, right? Whether it's through the passages that you wanted to or you're not, you're going to have that baby. I'm not essential in that. But once you are sent home with that baby, it is not a guarantee that you get sleep. It is not a guarantee that anybody comes over and helps you. So if you had one thing to spend it on, sleep is always my answer. I love, love that you pick that apart. It's always the very first thing that when I have a client that has some sort of postpartum challenge, um, sleep is always number one when I recommend. We redesign generally their days and their support. And sometimes that includes me and sometimes it's not. It just includes what they already have. And we redesign it so they can get some sleep. Love, love, love that so much. I, I just realized something else that I didn't add, but eating. So a lot of the times I will see a new mom and I will say, okay, so how's the baby eating? And she'll just talk to me for half an hour about breastfeeding, formula feeding, all sorts of different feeding for the baby. And then I'll say, how are you eating? She'll be like, um, hmm, I'm not sure. I can't really remember the last time I had a full meal or I'm just grabbing takeout or other unhealthy meals. So, so eating as a new mom, please remember that you are important and you need meals as well. You also need healthy, nutritious meals to fire you and fuel you, fuel you as a new mom. You need to eat. And so many moms forget about that. They absolutely do. I love the book, The First 40 Days. Um, it's really amazing for recipes and learning how to actually nourish your body um, after you have your baby. I also wanted to circle through you talking about, um, you know, when you ask questions, people just kind of dump it on you. Um, I find the same thing and I find a lot of what I do since I do have this mental health background is coaching through those thoughts. Um, so the clients that struggle with this stuff, a good sign is that when you ask them, which obviously you have to have a rapport with them, they have to trust you. When you ask them if they dump a load of stuff on you, that's generally for me a good red flag that they've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, and if you are a family member or a friend or just a caring neighbor, whoever you might be if you don't feel comfortable 
navigating these thoughts or you don't feel like you are the best person or you feel like they need someone who is a professional at this, please don't be afraid to say that and to say, you know, I want to help you get to someone who can help you. They might not even know that what they're feeling is too much. So don't be afraid to be that filter, if you will, but be on the lookout for that red flag. Jess, do you find that is the case as well? Yeah, definitely. I think you can see moms who are struggling and I can relate to that as well. If I think back to my own experience, as soon as I seen another mom, I just kind of dumped the load of things on them, right? Like, oh, did your baby not breastfeed? Did your baby not latch well? And, and you have so many questions as a new mom, which is totally normal. And it makes sense because your life has just completely changed. Like you go from just living your life with your partner to all of a sudden you are the primary food source and caregiver for this little human. So it makes sense that it's going to be overwhelming and it makes sense that you're going to need someone to talk to, even if you're not going through PPD or PPA. So I think that's something that I really want to drive home too, because I think a lot of moms think, well, I don't need to go see a therapist because I don't have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. But just even the transition in itself is huge. It's, it's everything. So it's the biggest transition you'll ever go through. So it's okay if you want support around just transitioning to becoming a mom. Absolutely. Finding your new identity. And I think a lot of people struggle to really understand your identity is going to change. Your title changes, your body changes, your mind changes, your chemicals in your body change. Everything changes. Your identity is about to make a pretty significant shift. I hope I'm not popping any bubbles out there to our listeners and people are thinking, what <laughs> am I in for? But it's true. I mean, your identity is going to take um, quite a turn. Mm -hmm. And what I will say is that when you do rediscover yourself as a mom, and I like to say rediscover yourself, not find a new self, but you're re rediscovering that old self and how that fits into your life now that you're a mom. When you do do that, it is the most beautiful transition in the world. And it takes some time and it's messy and it doesn't always look great. Sometimes it looks like makeup streaming down your face while your hair's a total mess and there's spit up everywhere. But once you figure that out and rediscover who you are, it is the most beautiful thing and you will never be able to imagine going back to what you used to be. And it's okay if that takes time. It's okay if that takes a year. It, it takes time to get there. But when you do, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it most likely will take time. I think to have the expectation that's going to happen immediately for some women, I know it does. It absolutely does. It, for sure, when your baby comes, you love them automatically. You never have that. But I think for the overwhelming majority of people, it takes time. So to set expectations for listeners, I encourage you to really set the expectation that it's probably going to take some time. So a lot of what I do is um, I'm in constant contact with my postpartum clients. Um, after they've had a baby, we are on the phone a lot. We text a lot. We email a lot. Um, they need a lot of support and it is all patient driven or client driven. So they reach out to me, but they know that I am a solid resource that no matter what they need, 
I can at least get them started if I can't help be the resolution or solve the problem. Um, so I think a lot of people, you should definitely think about having that one point person, someone that you trust and that you think is going to be that level head for you. Um, and sometimes it looks like I'm just giving you resources, but sometimes it is that I'm pulling you back to reality and I'm saying, Hey, this just isn't sustainable. You're not going to be able to not sleep for three days at a time for the rest of your life or until your child is 18. Like that's not realistic. We need to chat. Like we got to have a serious conversation conversation. So yeah, it looks really different. So what can we do to support these moms? Um, like in general, overall, what does that look like? So I think, and this is my big thing that I talk about on my page is having real conversation like the one that we're having today, like what you do on your page and what I do on my page, having a real conversation with moms, asking them for real, how are you doing? There's so much talk after a baby comes and that all makes sense. How's the baby doing? How's the baby feeding? How's the baby sleeping? I like to be asking those same questions to the moms in my life. So whatever you're going to ask about the baby, be asking the mom the same question because as a new mom, I had, I did have some really good support to ask me those questions, but at the same time, I was so focused on my baby that I couldn't really think about it. So having someone that comes alongside you and to say that, Hey, I heard the stat that one in five new moms struggle with their mental health after having a baby. How are you doing? And just opening up those real conversations and being comfortable with the uncomfortableness of talking about it, I think is a great first place to start. And then as a friend or as a family member, knowing that, again, your role is not a counselor, but as a support. So helping that person get the support that they do need um, from a professional who can really help them and just walking alongside them through that journey is going to be key. Absolutely. So you talking about asking about the mom, that's exactly how TBH came about. So when I was in doula training, it was all about baby, 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 baby. And I thought, who the heck is asking about the mom? Like, who the heck is asking about this lady that is growing this baby, doing all the hard work, throwing up in the mornings, not sleeping at night, peeing every hour, like yeah. crying because they're happy, crying because they're sad, crying because the sun rose this morning. Like we go through all this stuff. Who's concerned about us as moms? That is how TBH was born. So I love so much that you bring that up. Moving on to like partners and friends and family, um, is there anything specifically that these people can do since they are in that inner circle that we wouldn't do just in general? Yeah, definitely. So I think that comes back to being the village for the mom. So, okay, like you just said, the mom just grew a human being inside of them, birthed a human being. Like this is a huge, huge thing. So how can parent or husbands and friends and other supports they can be bringing meals they can be showing up for the mom asking her those tough questions allowing her time to sleep so staying with the baby while the mom sleeps helping her um, get support for things like breastfeeding if if that's what the mom wants to do and supporting her choices around uh, what the choices that she makes for her baby and helping the mom remember that she doesn't have to do it all like you don't have to be this crazy mom who and if you're there, I get you because I was there too, who, you know, cleans the whole house and makes gourmet meals and has the baby always looking perfect and clean and all the laundry is done. Like you don't have to do all the things. If you can love your baby 
by feeding them in the way that works best, whether that's breastfeeding or formula feeding, and showing up for your baby just by loving them, that is enough. And I think moms need, need to hear that message. Love is enough. You don't have to do all the other things. Your job right now is just to take care of this baby and all the other things eventually will get done. The laundry can wait. Everything else can wait. So that's my message for moms. I love it. One of the biggest things that I learned from one of my clients that has become more like family. Um, yeah, I learn from my clients all the time. I learn so much from my clients and this is a two way street when it comes to education. But one of the things that I learned from one of my clients is that I gave her permission and I never said the words like you have permission, but it was through our conversations. I gave her permission to insert whatever she needed, take a nap, say no to that, say yes to this, tell someone to F off that this is your baby and I'm making the rules here. Like you have permission to do whatever insert your thing is right um so i think for all of our moms out there listening i want you to know you do have permission whatever you feel in your gut is right or whatever's been tugging at you just do it or just don't do it if that's your choice whatever that looks like for you you have permission i also want to say that you say you don't have to do it all and for me you don't have to do it all and you don't have to do it this or that way there are so many choices out there which is such a foundation of what tbh is based on you have choices in everything there's not necessarily a right or a wrong there's just right or wrong for me and my baby and my family um there's no need to feel the pressure although it seems almost inevitable, but don't succumb to the pressure. Be strong. You can withstand it. Um, you know, you don't have to feel the pressure to make a choice of this or that based on outside opinions. Just remember that your worth of yourself, your self-worth and your worth as a mother, as a parent, as a partner is not determined by anybody on the outside. Um, it's determined yeah. by you. Yeah. Yes, I love that. I think it's so, so important, these messages for moms to know that. And I think, yeah, again, that goes back to trusting your instinct as a mom. You might not think you have it, but it is there. And again, if I go back to that story of me being a very anxious new mom, and one of the self-imposed rules was my baby had to go down awake. Otherwise, she would never sleep. That was my self-imposed anxiety rule. If I had listened to myself, all I wanted to do was to cuddle my baby and hold her until she fell asleep. That's what I wanted to do. That's what my mama bear instinct said was right. But I didn't listen to it. I shoved it down. I said, nope, this is the rule. I'm going to follow it. And it just made for such a stressful time. So I really think you, if you have those instincts and what love looks like, like when I say love is enough, love looks different in every situation, right? So sometimes you do need to put your baby down awake. And sometimes it is sleep training. That was a part of our journey as well. Um, but sometimes love is different. Love means I need to cuddle her until she falls asleep every night. And that's what works for our family. And that's okay. So yeah, I love, I love everything that you're saying, everything that you stand for. I, um, I think these are such important messages to get across to new moms. They really are. And they're just not said enough. I love that you touch on um, rules for your baby. I just want to throw it in here because I haven't said it in a while. As far as your baby goes, you should be thinking about 
routines versus schedules. So when you think about a routine, you should be thinking flexibility on when it happens, where it happens, you know, not necessarily how it happens, um, but you should not be thinking, okay, at nine o'clock, my baby must be in her crib, whether yeah. she's awake or she's asleep. And at nine oh five, I will step out. And at nine 30, that's it. Like I am not going back in. She has 25 minutes for me to like go back in, comfort her and nine 30, she's on her own. It shouldn't be like that. Instead, you could be looking at a routine like, all right, one hour before bedtime, I want to start diffusing lavender, and then I want to shut the lights off, and then 30 minutes before bed, I want to give her an infant massage and put her jammies on, and then 15 minutes before bed, we sing a song or read a book, and then, you know, we do whatever. Routines are much better than schedules, and you'll find, I promise you, better for your mental health that way. It takes away some of the, the rigidity. So I wanted to move a little bit into um, professional help because we touched on it, but I think this is where things get really sticky. So a lot of times people find themselves like, okay, I know there's a problem with my partner, my sister, my best friend. I don't know what to do from this situation. Help. So when you know there's a problem, let's talk about First, like what are the steps you should take? And then second, how do you gently present someone with the idea that they might need professional help because there's such a stigma here in America? You can't often have these conversations without someone feeling judged. It doesn't often come across as a place of concern and love, but rather I feel inadequate and I feel like you're judging me. So how would we present that? Yeah, I think this is, this is also a really good conversation to have. So I would start if you're concerned about someone that you love, just by asking them, like I was saying before, asking them those real questions and not necessarily pinning it on them, but just uh, doing your own research and reading. And so if you think they might be struggling with depression, you can say to them, hey, like I noticed that you're having a really hard time getting out of bed. And I noticed that you seem to get really angry. And how are you doing? Like, how is this experience going for you? So just starting from a place of love and compassion and not saying like you have postpartum depression, you need to get to the hospital. Um, so just starting from that real soft place and going from there, seeing how they respond to that. Um, you might say, hey, I read this article online or I heard this podcast um, and they were talking about postpartum depression. And I'm wondering, you might be interested in listening to it. It might be really relevant for you. So starting from that, place instead of a place of kind of finger, finger pointing or blaming, um, I think is a really good place to start. And then there's this amazing resource, Postpartum Support International has a warm line that you can call. So you can call this line and it will, they'll set you up with someone who can really talk to you about what you're feeling. It's just a really gentle way to ease you into professional help. And then Postpartum Support International has a list of people who are clinicians who are trained in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And I think that person that's on the warm line can help set you up with someone in your area who has training and an expertise in this area. So that is a really good, a really good way to find someone who's going to be a good match for you, a therapist that's going to work. And it's just kind of a gentle transition into it. 
Absolutely. Listeners, we will link um, PSI in the show notes. You can also find it on my website. Um, I think they are a wonderful, wonderful resource. I refer a lot of people to that website just to check it out. So um, even if you don't think that this is relevant, it might be worth just browsing a web around their website. You can just poke around. You might find something that is intriguing or something that you identify with. Go ahead and take a look at that when you get done listening. So as far as finding a therapist, um, going through PSI is one way, but how does how does one go about finding a therapist? Do you just Google like therapist in my area? How do you know whether someone is qualified or not? Are we looking for certain credentials? What is the process for that? So again, I think going to PSI would be a great place to look for a therapist because the therapists that are listed through PSI have their training um, and you know that they're going to be qualified. So to me, that would make sense as a place to go. You can look it up on Google. You can search a therapist, look for a licensed mental health professional. Um, I don't like I'm in Canada, so our licenses are different here than in the States. So I'm not exactly sure from your area, which is why, again, I'm just going to resort back to PSI because I, I know um, they have a lot of very good trained clinicians on that site. And I do think it's really important that you have someone who has specific training in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders because they can really understand the thoughts. For example, the intrusive thoughts that we talked about earlier. They can understand that when you're going through postpartum OCD, you're not actually at risk of harming your child and that it's just a thought and they can help you understand that and work through that. So I would want you to be partnered with someone who really understands what you're going through and can educate you. Absolutely. I think that's a huge thing um, that comes up when people are looking for counselors. So just going through PSI, you know that you're guaranteed to have someone who is qualified. They kind of do the back work for you, if you will. So talking about this counseling, and we touched on it a little bit in the, in the earlier episode or earlier parts of the episode, but let's talk about mom guilt. This is some... Real BS. I'm not a mom. <laughs> and I look in on these mom conversations and these mom interactions, and I try my damnedest not to judge. I do. I really, really, really try not to judge. But holy cow, some moms can be so mean. So let's start off with like just talking about overall mom guilt, letting our listeners know what it looks like and also that it's totally normal and fine. You're going to feel guilty about it. Um, and then I want to dive into social media. Yeah, mom guilt. Seriously? <laughs> okay. Okay, this kind of ties into social media as well. So you know I have my, uh, my page, my Facebook page, Our Mama Village. So on my page, I talk a lot about we are a non-judgmental space, but I still get those mommy shamers that come onto my blog. I shared a story a couple months ago about formula feeding and how I seen this mom who was buying formula. I'm not sure if you've seen that one at Walmart. And I just shared, you know, some encouraging words that I want to give to that mom who was buying formula because I know it wasn't an easy choice to make. And I know how hard that can be. And I had moms, other moms commenting on this post telling this mom that, oh, you failed at breastfeeding or you didn't try hard enough or yeah, it's okay that you're using formula, but 
a breast is still what's best for your baby, so you're not giving your baby what's best. I lost my mind. This mom guilt is real, and it's not even something that's just self-imposed. It's something that other moms are imposing onto each other. So what I have to say to that is it's okay if you need to take a break from some accounts on social media. Decide which accounts are serving you and which accounts are actually bringing you joy and encouragement. I know for me, I'm not going to say which account it was, but there was one that I had to leave because there was a lot of stuff about sleep and sleep was a huge trigger for me and I couldn't look at it anymore. And every single time I logged on, I seen this page and it made me so anxious and it made me feel like I was failing. So I had to leave it and that's okay. So, and it's okay to say no to hang out with certain people who you think are going to be guilting you or shaming you. And again, it goes back to trust yourself. And um, what's this phrase? I heard this phrase the other day. I'm trying to think of it right now. Oh, own your motherhood. So your choices that you make for your baby, own them and be okay with them. And don't let what other people say get you down because there's always going to be the haters always gonna be haters find your people you know build that village find your people who have like thoughts and that can be a double-edged sword because if everyone around you thinks the same obviously it's just going to fuel your fire i get that but in those beginning stages and even like later even just all throughout raising children you're going to need that village of people who you can guarantee think like you and they will raise you up of course you want to expose yourself to alternative thinking people who don't think the same as you just for the exposure but that does not mean that it needs to turn nasty and evil so let's do dive into the role that social media plays in this what is your opinion because on one hand whoa, it can be a brutal world out there. I've been ripped to shreds in Facebook groups before. Um, I've watched new moms be totally berated and slaughtered. I've seen people say some of the most heinous things that would never, ever, 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 ever come into my mind. How do people think these things up? But on the other hand, you can build a beautiful, compassionate community. You've done it. I'm doing it. We're part of so many. So what are your thoughts on this? Where does social media play a role? Um, is it deeper than just knowing to set boundaries? Or is that truly as simple as it is? Quote, unquote, simple as it is. Boundaries. <laughs> simple. <laughs> yeah. So I can agree with you on so many things that you just said there. So on one hand, social media can just be this draining, draining place where I remember as a new mom, I was on so many different forums. And again, I didn't have a lot of mom friends. I was kind of the first one to be venturing into this motherhood journey. And I would ask all my questions. I get a thousand different responses and it would keep me up at night because I'd be so anxious thinking, well, this person said this, this person said this, this. and it wasn't helpful. And I remember at one point my friend said, all you talk about when I see you is all these different people's pieces of advice and um, she's like, is that helpful to you or is it just stressing you out more? And that's when I really had a light bulb moment that, oh, this is actually not helpful. So I think what you said about setting boundaries is key. So I seen a post today, weed your feed. So look through your feed, decide who is serving you, who's valuable to you, whose words are encouraging to you and building you up. Keep those people and the rest of them, 
be done with it. Don't look at it. Don't ask questions on those forums. You don't need to be on every single forum as a new mom. Find your village, your online village, a, a place where you can find non-judgmental, supportive, encouraging words. Stick with that and don't join every other Facebook group under the sun. You don't need to be a part of them. It's not going to help you trust yourself and it's not going to help you in your journey of new motherhood. For sure. You know, information overload is a totally real thing. Yeah. It peaks in motherhood. So you do, you have to be in charge of filtering what comes in and out of your realm and only you can do that. You might need help. You might need to talk to your partner about setting boundaries with their mom, or you might need to talk to your best friend about setting boundaries of when they can just show up at your house to get baby's snuggles. You know, there might be, you might need outside people to help you, but only you can decide what your boundaries are and only you can decide to put those in to place. I also wanted to recircle back to um, you talking about own your motherhood. That phrase is amazing. So a lot of, I do a lot of comparing like entrepreneurship to motherhood. And because for me, I learn a lot as being a business owner because it is my baby and I can apply it to motherhood. It's really kind of crazy, um, but it works really well. And I have come into this voice of owning my motherhood of TBH. I, it took me a minute. Um, but I finally am to a place where I can tell people, Hey, you know what? I hear you and I appreciate you. This isn't your business. It's mine. I'm going to continue to do it this way. You can hang around or you don't have to. Um, and I think sometimes in motherhood, that's also what you have to do. You have to just sometimes tell people, Hey, we are sleep training my child. Hey, we are co-sleeping. Hey, we're doing baby led weaning. I'm a formula mom. I chose to have a C-section. Like whatever you choose to do with your child and your body, own it. Tell people yes. basically to like back off. You don't, it's just none of their business. I love, love, love. You have permission. Here you go, listeners. You have permission to hit people with the door on the way out if they cannot get on the train that you're on. So I wanted to end on a positive note and I wanted to know all about the village that you had built because it is such an empowering one. I'm a part of it. I absolutely love it. So can you tell us a little bit about your online community? Yeah, for sure. So after going through my experience, which I talked about earlier, one of the things to help me rediscover myself as a mom was to start a blog. And it was just a really simple blog. I uh, did a lot of research back then. If you can't tell already, but I'm a huge nerd. I love to read. I love research. <laughs> so, but you know what? I was missing my professional side because I was a stay-at-home mom to my little girl, but I really miss that side of myself. So I started a little blog where I just did research on things related to mental health. And that little blog ended up taking off. People were interested. Um, and a lot of moms are following me and then they started asking me questions about my experience and perinatal mental health. And I started doing more and more research on that. And so my little blog turned into a safe space for women where they could come and share their experiences about postpartum and pregnancy and the challenges that they had. And we talk about real things that moms face. And we also look at it from a research perspective. So we do both. We share stories and we sh share research. And essentially what I'm trying to build is what I wish I had. 
So I wish I had a place where I could have come on and, and found out all this information and know that I'm not alone, know that thoughts that I was thinking and the routines that I was struggling with, but I wasn't the only one feeling that way. And that's really what we're building. We have over 4,000 people now on our Facebook page who are on there who are every day sharing their stories and experiences with each other. And it's just the most beautiful thing. And it's really just a, a page where moms can support each other and find support from a professional who um, knows what they're talking about in this field, uh, which I also think is really key and important. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. So my final question, where can people join you in this community? How do people connect with you? Yes, come find us. Um, so I'm on Facebook at Our Mama Village and Instagram, Our Mama Village. And we have our blog where we have other professionals and other moms share their stories. And that's just OurMamaVillage.com. So Our Mama Village on everything. Um, come find us and we would love for you to join our village. Her village is so much fun. You guys should definitely head over there. It's really... It's awesome, real conversation. Um, I think those terms kind of get thrown around a lot, but I'm here to vouch for Justice Community. It really is awesome, real conversation, and it truly is non-biased. I actually shared your post about the formula feeding um, on my own stuff. It is important. I um, facilitate an infant feeding group, and I intentionally did not call it a breastfeeding group because it's not just for breastfeeding people. I do formula feeding. Um, I support people who bottle feed, um, pumping moms, all sorts of ways. If you're feeding your baby, this group is for you. Wow. I love this so, so much. This conversation has been absolutely incredible. From real talk to scary stats to ways to prepare the icky, sticky, and the empowering. We covered it all. This has been so, so much fun. Jess, I'm so excited that you joined us today. You've given us a wealth of knowledge, our listeners. I know that you guys are out there with full bags packed of information to go and digest and think about until I see you, I see you guys again on Friday. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday, villagers. I'm so excited that you tuned in today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to share it with Jess and I. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquillitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.